sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old line. This is going to be a tough play. What's going on, Cubs fans? You were listening to the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Sean Sears. Joining me as well is my co-host, Ryan Davis. Ryan, uh, the winter meetings are here, and the Cubs haven't signed Bryce Harper. When do I get my refund for the Cubs' lack of doing things? Is that coming in the mail? Should I expect that? Yeah, yeah. I I think um, everybody gets a refund uh, on everything that you have spent on Bryce Harper merchandise so far. Um, so that that will be good. Yeah, the uh, the Cubs have been notoriously quiet at the winter meetings. I think there's a reason for that. We can probably get into that in a little bit, though. Yeah, definitely. So you're saying I, I prematurely bought these Bryce Harper Snuggies for my family for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if that does become a thing if the Cubs do sign Harper. But on today's episode, we're talking free agency, uh, new surrounding Bryce Harper, and where he might go the winter meetings uh Ryan and I'll come touch on that also the Phillies have signed a, a potential Cubs target he was never really officially linked to them the Cubs people just in general kind of like the former pirate Andrew McCutcheon to be a Cubs option he is now going to the Phillies on a three-year 50 million dollar deal but that does not take them out of the conversation of Harper we'll talk about that later um Brandon Hyde is heading to the Orioles he took a manager job with Baltimore now he'll replace uh Buck Showalter so the Cubs need a bench coach so what about David Ross Brian and I will discuss that. Um, also, there's some rumors that kind of connected the Cubs to right-hand reliever A.J. Ramos. He's a guy that at one point, as Ryan uh, mentioned and kind of sums up to perfection, was one point good, could be good again. We'll, we'll talk about it, both in arms. And then we'll finish up the show kind of talking about a Ben Zilbers deal and what that deal will have to look like for the Cubs to really benefit from trading a guy like Zilbers. So. Um, but let's start with the free agency stuff. Um, the re- like we were talking about before the show, Ryan, there really hasn't been much coming out. But we, I think at this point, can assume that's all on purpose because no one the Cubs are doing outside of the few small little moves they've made here and there to you know trade for Ronald Torres and let him go, trade Tommy Stella, um, you know, move some pieces around, pick up pitchers, let him go, but nothing really has happened is Bryce Harper the guy you think the Cubs are really going for or are they just kind of watching the market uh yeah I, I think they are going for Harper to be totally honest with you um I think that's why it's it's been all quiet on the western front uh Theo Epstein works best in stealth mode mm-hmm. uh, I've talked to a few people um nothing you know like big breaking news on it or or Ryan claiming sources but I've <laughs> talked to a few people who are closer to the situation and they all basically say the Cubs are interested in Harper uh especially with all the teams that have dropped out it, it's kind of like the U Darvish situation where 
maybe they went into free agency thinking, well, we'll keep an eye on it, but it doesn't seem to be plan A for us. Mm-hmm. And then the market allows them to get into a situation where it works. Uh, what I heard from somebody yesterday was, and, I, and then I saw other people that I know come out with reports that were similar, mm-hmm. um, was essentially that Bryce Harper really wants the Cubs in it. Um, they're essentially his number one destination, which I don't think is too surprising. Right. But um, he's willing to give them time, essentially. Uh, if if they need to move contracts to be able to sign him, and I've, I've said from the start that I don't think, I think when it all came down to it, they could sign him even if they didn't move the contracts, but they, they really want to, essentially. They want to clear up more space if they're going to bring on a contract like that. So um, he's willing to allow them that time to get it kind of figured out, which is something similar to what Ben Zobris did, to be totally honest. Um, right. I think it was the winter meetings that they ended up signing him uh, to a deal. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but um, Zobrist and the Cubs had had a deal in place for like a month before that. And yeah. it, essentially the, the edict was we have to trade Starlin Castro and dump that salary if we're going to bring you in. And so they gave them a, a deadline, which was at the winter meetings. And the Cubs went all the way up to that final day looking for a trade. Um, <laughs> For for Starlin Castro, and that's when they eventually moved him to the Yankees for um, what they Adam Warren, I guess. Um, so yeah, that that's how that all worked, and and it sounds like something sort of similar is going on with uh, with Harper. Not that they have a deal agreed upon, because I think Harper wants more money than the Cubs are first offering. But mm-hmm. um, Harper is willing to give the Cubs a little time to get their shit figured out, so that they can make him the best offer they can. And that's that's kind of what I've heard too. Um, just kind of what I've been able to read and see on Twitter and just kind of put together in my head, um, which is crazy because like you know we've talked about all offseason, it did seem like the Cubs might actually uh, um, be paying a lot of money this offseason. Well, it, it, I, I hope it works out. That'd be great. I mean, he's exactly what the team needs. They need another big bad, and adding Harper would be huge. So, um, of course, one of the other big players or soon to be big players in Bryce Harper is the Philadelphia Phillies. They just went ahead and signed Andrew McCutcheon. Um, now, I don't hold anything to what he says is legitimate, but the cat did tweet a little bit before they signed um, okay. Andrew, Andrew McCutcheon. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of Cubs people know. If you're on Twitter, you probably know who the cat is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charles Meow, but we just referred to him as the cat. Um, but he said something about how the Phillies were weren't interested or were not as interested in uh, in Bryce Harper as they thought they would be. A couple hours later, Andrew McCutcheon signs a three year, fifty million dollar deal. Um, so I think a lot of people kind of like, oh well, d- d- are they not going to sign uh, Bryce Harper now? Uh, no, the Phillies are definitely still involved on Bryce Harper. Yeah, I mean. I've heard I've heard conflicting things. You know, I, I've heard that the Phillies got frustrated uh, with the Harper situation and maybe got, you know, a little. I, I guess like they wanted to fix their team now and, and do some things with their team now, and um, the Harper situation promises to drag out a little bit, and so they just kind of jumped ahead and grabbed, um, you know, Andrew McCutcheon on a deal that I think is pretty similar to what. Um, a lot of people expected. I think MLB trade rumors predicted three years, forty-five million. So three years, fifty million is pretty much in line there. Yeah, um, they have Reese Hoskins in left field. Um, I guess they just moved Carlos Santana, didn't they? So I'm, I, I haven't really looked at it, but I'm guessing that means Hoskins could probably just go to first base. I don't yeah. know. 
yeah, I don't know what else they have going on at first base. So, um, so that clears up a spot uh, with Hoskins at first base. Um, there's no prior to McCutcheon. There's no like slam dunk outfielder that has to be right. Um, you know, in the lineup, like Odubel Herrera doesn't really move the needle for me. Uh, he's okay. Um, he doesn't get on base at a high rate. He hits for a little bit of power. Um, that's a guy. I guess he's a pretty good defender. So. You know, maybe Odubel Herrera is a guy that um, you, you want out there, although you know, it looks like his war was pretty bad last year. So yeah. maybe he's not the defender. I th- he's like, He used to be like a four-war player, so I thought he was pretty good, but maybe last year he dropped off a little bit. So, yeah, so that maybe that's one guy. Uh, Nick Williams is okay, but he's not a guy who you absolutely, absolutely have to have out there. If, if Bryce Harper can come to your team, you're probably willing to give up one of those guys or in a trade or move him to a – you know, like a uh, part-time role. I guess for the winter meetings, kind of, I mean, it's going to be this still going on. Do you see this Harper stuff wrapping up this week, or is this something that's still going to be going on through, uh, through the rest of this off season? I don't see it wrapping up this week because I do think he's going to give the Cubs time mm-hmm. unless they make a trade today or, or, or tomorrow. I, I don't see it wrapping up. Uh, by the end of the winter meetings, it just seems too too unlikely. Uh, the other part of it is, who currently is the market for Bryce Harper? Because we've heard the Yankees are out, um, we've heard the Phillies are out. You know, potentially um, with the signing of McCutcheon, the Cardinals have essentially said they are out. Um, I, I, the White Sox are in. The Dodgers are <laughs> probably in, although they also have a, a pretty big payroll. Um, right. So. It, it just I don't know who is in at this point and I think Harper probably wants to wait and and really see if the Cubs can get in and make a serious bid so well um, otherwise w- the market's fairly small I wouldn't be surprised too if the White Sox were Scott Boris trying to be like well hey this team's like I mean who knows if the I mean that team's a 70 win team like you add yeah. Bryce Harper to it maybe 77 like the, the NL or the AL Central is bad I mean not bad the indians are pretty good but beyond that it's bad um so i mean you know it 84 85 wins could legitimately be putting you in the conversation to win that division maybe um but even still like ugh, like that's not going to be a good team so i i can't see harper being super interested in there it's just um it's insane to me that the cubs have played this it seemingly seems like to perfection so um with i mean the market drying out now Everyone, I think, just assume teams would like go hand over fist to pay Bryce Harper, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, and it, obviously teams are like, "Well, this guy's good, but we're not mortgaging our future off of one guy." So, yeah, and honestly, you know, like uh, at the start of all of this, the mm-hmm. one thing that I kept hearing from like one of the two or three people that I talked to about this who are more in the know um, was that the Cubs are interested in Bryce Harper, but only at their price, and I don't know what that price is, but. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they weren't necessarily willing to just run out there and say, here's $350 million for 10 years because we want you that bad. Like right. you know, Harper, Harper is a very talented player, and uh, obviously he's had some very great seasons, but there's not like, you know, no cause for concern here. You know, right. um, he's had a couple down years. Um, just looking at fan graphs, he had 3.5 war this year, 4.8 last year three the year before 
then there was 9.3 in his MVP year the year before that 1.6 so yeah, just looking at wins above replacement which is not the perfect stat and it's not the only stat um this is not not like a slam dunk that you're getting you know seven to nine wins above replacement out of a guy every single year uh he hasn't been that kind of consistency uh for the nationals for a while so um i'm not saying he doesn't deserve money and that he's not the best player on the market i'm just saying i understand if a team like the cubs is you know after they gave all the money to darvish and after they you know have basically struck out on uh 75 of their uh free agent signings to date you know why why they wouldn't necessarily be itching to throw a big contract like that out for anybody so right um, it i think the cubs are interested i think harper would actually even probably take a little bit less to go to the cubs but um they seem very adamant that they want to move uh, a contract before they do that. Okay. Well, we'll talk about one of those options later in the show here. Um, but let's move on to the second segment. We'll talk quickly about this Brandon Hyde move as he's had no the Orioles and maybe some options that Cubs might have uh, for bullpen uh, players. So stick around here for more Lockdown Cubs. yesterday or i guess tuesday that uh brandon hyde was officially going to the orioles as their new manager replacing buck Showalter, as i talked about in the show um it's a big it, i mean i guess it's not a huge loss but it is a big loss to lose your bench coach these things happen obviously davy martinez went to the nationals last year uh hyde now going to the orioles jill madden a successful team we talked about this before uh, people are going to try and replicate your success by getting guys that are part of that environment and seeing if they can recreate something with their team. Um, that being said, losing the bench coach, it hurts, but it doesn't necessarily break this team. Obviously it shouldn't, it never should, <laughs> but there are some options out there. People want to know David Ross is kind of like reluctantly stuck around this Cubs organization, maybe not in like a serious role, but you know, he was still showing up in commercials with the Cubs to start uh, 2017. Um, he was still in some ways involved in different events that the Cubs had. He's still in this front office from time to time. He's still obviously a guy that pops up at Wrigley a consistent amount throughout the year. Um, is this a guy you want on the Cubs bench coach? Is he a guy that even fits there? Do we know if he wants this job? What's what's your take on this, Ryan? Um, I, to answer the last one first, I don't know if he wants the job. Uh, mm -hmm. It's possible he does, but – um, I, I think the most recent information that we have is that David Ross was pretty happy with the stuff he was doing to add to what you said about him kind of sticking around um, in 2017. There was a couple times where I was at the ballpark and when we were heading down the tunnel right at the end of the game to go, uh, you know, wait for Joe Madden and then go into the locker room. Uh, David Ross was kind of sprinting past all of us to get into the locker room and go like meet up with the players. So he's still really tied to these guys. Um, the thing that I would always say about it is uh, if Joe, if David Ross is going to get a bench coach position or eventually a manager position, it might be best for him to do that outside of the Cubs yeah. because he's friends with so many of those guys. And if he's the bench coach, his, you know, his boss is essentially Joe Madden and he has to answer to his boss first. You know, so it's difficult. I think if anybody's ever been in a management position where you work at a job with friends and you have to manage your friends, it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to separate that. Uh, so 
I don't know if a bench coach position with the Cubs would be best for him, but you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they were making that offer. It, the thing is, I think that if he was interested and they wanted him in that role, it probably would happen like really soon after Brandon Hyde officially was gone. Uh, it, the The search wouldn't take, you know, two weeks before David Ross was hired. I don't think. Yeah, that would be my thought process too. If the Cubs really want were interested in adding David Ross here, and he was there i mean you know a deal could happen pretty much right away uh, yeah. there wouldn't be any hold up so i don't know i'm kind of in that same position too i i think it i mean being someone that recently just went into a manager position it is tough to like go and look at these people who you've been essentially equals with for you know however their offsets two plus seasons and then the front office it would go and anthony Rizzo and be like hey man you know I'm gonna. Ha- I need today. You know what I mean? Or like, it, it's just a different conversation, and it's tough to necessarily build that different type of rapport. So I don't know if it's a necessarily a great fit, slam dunk fit. If Joe Madden did leave, I don't know if I'd want David Ross to replace him as the head coach either. I mean, plenty of yeah. young coaches work, and that could be fine. But I, even then, you know, uh, David Ross is a good defensive catcher, and he knew how to call a game, and was a great guy to have in your 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 locker room. But I don't know if that necessarily translates to really good man is kind of where i'm at with that yeah and i i would say that i think that he has the tools to be a good manager he's intelligent he's personable he knows the game he's well respected so i I think those are the main things that you look at in a manager uh here in 2018 almost 2019 those are the main skills that you want um but I, i just see yeah the things that you said the things that we talked about just a minute ago with the Cubs, it's such a difficult fit because he is so close with those guys and they are his friends. And how many situations in Major League Baseball uh, can we bring up to point to that were successful where, you know, a player who, you know, won a World Series with a team or, or was part of a successful team uh, retired and then a few years later came in as the manager for that same team managing a bunch of his friends. I off the top of my head, I can't think of a situation that happened, period. Or, you know, right. if it did happen, I can't think of any that have worked out. Usually those guys end up managing somewhere else. You know, like uh, Gabe Kapler didn't go uh, manage the Red Sox. You know, he went to manage the Phillies. Um, you know, Aaron Boone was gone for quite a while from the Yankees before he ended up getting hired there. Um, Joe Girardi, the, there's a guy who was gone from the Yankees for quite a while before he ended up uh, as the manager there. And, and he was talked about for a long time as maybe possibly a, a replacement for Joe Torrey. And, and then he ended up managing the Marlins first. So, mm-hmm. you know, and Ryan Sandberg, they brought him into the organization and then the end up, uh, the end result was that when it came time to maybe actually hire him, they went with Mike Quaddy instead because, you know, they just didn't see it working out with Ryan Sandberg. And I, I, I can think through all those situations and see why they may not have worked out and why it was probably the right move. So um, as far as David Ross, I don't see him ever managing the Cubs, at least not with, um, you know, not, not in the next like five years. Yeah. And not the roster currently constructed. I agree. So um, also a little bit of rumor news to go on. The Cubs were connected to right-handed reliever, AJ Ramos, um, a guy that I, I think Ryan and I are both, not necessarily high on, but would, would be interested in maybe seeing what he would be available at and if he could come into the bullpen. Um, he's kind of a group of like second-tier bullpen guys, guys like Joaquin Soria, people like that, who 
could be potential fits for the Cubs. Kelvin Herrera maybe as well. Um, those guys I'm interested in. What's kind of your overall thoughts on A.J. Ramos, Ryan? Uh, I think Ramos is probably a bargain bin guy, uh, even more so. I, I, I would say that he's in a tier under the guys you just mentioned, like uh, yeah. um, like Herrera and, and Soria. Those guys had you know pretty good years last year. Uh, Ramos only tossed 19 in, a two, in two-thirds innings. He had a 641 ERA. He walked almost seven batters per nine, um, a whip of 1.6. So uh, he was really terrible for the Mets last year. <laughs> yeah. He was... Uh, essentially his entire stint with the Mets which was almost 40 innings he had a 559 ERA he was he was pretty bad uh after the Marlins traded him essentially so um yeah it, it's a good bargain bin signing uh this is a guy that uh has talent he has good stuff he has a history uh from 2014 to uh 2016 a three-year stretch he had a 241 era as the marlins closer he struck mm-hmm. out over 10 batters per nine he didn't give up a lot of hits he gave up eight total home runs in almost 200 innings so um he walked a few too many but the you know that that's to be expected when you have that kind of stuff and you don't give up hits or homers you're a little wild so mm-hmm. um i i like it i like it if you're signing him for less than four million dollars for one year um, anything more than that, I think, is probably too much. And to be honest, if they signed AJ Ramos for more than that, I'd be really curious why they weren't willing to go there with Jesse Chavez. So, right, um, yeah, I would think that if they're linked to him, it's probably on a really cheap deal. That would be my thought process too. Yeah, if he can figure out his walks, I mean, they jumped um, tremendously, close to seven walks per nine in 2018 with the Mets. Still, real kind of high with the Mets season total of 5.22 walks for nine uh had years a couple tens and elevens through there in the last four or five years i mean clearly the guy's got strikeout stuff just can he control it which to me is a red flag because that's that kind of describes a good amount of people in the cups bullpen um particularly see who comes to mind so i mean if it's a cheap deal it's a it's a very well could pan out to be a solid reliever for a year but i mean obviously Cup should be looking at AJ Ramos as a long-term solution for sure. So I'm intrigued by it though. I mean, it's an interesting guy and a guy that can do something. Yeah. And he's older than I think a lot of people realize he's 32 years old already. So mm-hmm. he'll be 33 next September. So he's more in line with um, the age of a guy like uh, Pedro Strope or Steve, Steve Ciszek. Um, He's not a, a Carl Edwards age wise where he's, you know, a little wild, but you think you can figure it out as he ages because he's already aged. So, Right. Um, yeah, that I would be fine with it if it's cheap signing. That's a guy who um, you send to spring training, you see if he's got anything, and if he doesn't, you know, you don't lose a lot by cutting him. Sure. Um, another guy I've seen is before we jump to the third and final segment here. Another guy who I've seen talked about, but maybe not connected necessarily to the Cubs, and he's been connected to the Cubs a million times. Is Zach Britton? Um, it seems like a good amount of teams. Have, I saw someone. I think it was John Heyman say that. Um, the Cardinals and the Dodgers, I think, are two teams that are interested in him. But there's probably about seven teams collectively that are all interested in Bre- uh, Zach Britton. Is he a guy you want to bring to the Cubs? Is he another guy that if it's the right deal, you'll do it? Or is he a guy that you would be willing to pay a little bit more to add someone like him? Um, me personally, I don't I don't love Zach Britton, um, mostly because, you know, post injury, I mean, uh, in 2015, 2016, in the year, I guess even far back as 2014, mm-hmm. he was probably the like dominant left-handed reliever in baseball, right? Like he had yeah, the, him and Andrew Miller. 
Yeah, 0 0.54 ERA in 2016. Just absolutely filthy. Uh, even came in fourth in the Cy Young, if that tells you anything. But um, then he got hurt, and then, you know, the last two years it hasn't been as good. But still, uh, if you look at it, you know, a three ERA, 3.00 over the last two years in only 78 innings uh, for, for a two-year thing, that that's still really good. But he his strikeouts are way down, mm -hmm. and his walks are way up. And his FIP is quite a bit above his ERA. It's 3.83. Last year, it was 4.22, even though he had a 310 ERA. So there's a big difference there. And I just don't, you know, uh, last year, seven and a half strikeouts per nine down from, you know, 9.9 .9 in 2016, 10.8 in 2015. That's a big drop. Yeah. And then walks. He walked 1.9 in 2015, 2.4 2016. 4.3 2017, 4.6 2018. That those aren't good numbers. And this is a guy who probably wants to get paid closer to what his 2015-16 numbers justify than what his 2018 status justifies. Right. Uh, so for the money that I think he might get or might be seeking, I I don't see the Cubs handing out that contract. I just don't. I, I think they'll probably check in on him i think they probably already have but mm. it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense based on what we've heard you know the the majority of people keep running with the the cubs can't go over the next luxury tax threshold so they're looking at harper but they have to move contracts first you know zach Britton doesn't make sense on the kind of money that he's probably wanting if that all is true that's that's probably what i would say too uh my thought process behind it was like zach Britton's probably Wilson is, um, but even that get more money than the Cubs, maybe not only Zach Britton, can probably get more money than he's probably worth at this point, especially at 30. Some encouraging things, at least, he still held batters to a, a batting average of below or at 200. That's okay. Babbitt was at 241. That's increased a little bit since uh, his 2015 and 14 seasons, a little bit. Um, it, like you can still see the signs where he could be an effective reliever. Um, but obviously the control after his injuries is a nightmare right now. He's going to walk guys left and right. The Cubs don't need another arm like that. They have plenty of those that could do that now. So um, I just feel like the Cubs are better off looking for bargains than they are trying to sign someone legitimate. Cause it's just going to be a lot of money that I, I don't think the Cubs need to allocate at this point or have or can allocate at this point so yeah i, I think they should be shopping in the steve c-shek range like they they got mm -hmm. him last year on what two years 13 million dollars you know less than seven or eight million dollars a year i would say like they should be looking in the joaquin soria the kelvin herrera those guys tyler clippard those guys are all free agents um aj ramos is even cheaper than that that's a guy you know like we said you could bring to spring training just see what he has sure I think that's the area they should be looking at. Get a couple of those guys, a couple of pretty reliable guys who, you know, for whatever reason, just don't seem to attract the money on the market like a guy like Zach Britton would. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move into the third and final segment here, Lockdown Cubs. We'll talk about Ben Zilberst as he kind of came up in a hypothetical trade rumor that could end up basically clearing some money for the Cubs here. So we'll talk about that and more in Lockdown Cubs. So let's wrap this show up here. Um, Ryan, I'm sure you saw this. Sahadav Sharma was kind of writing an article, kind of trying to find a way where the Cubs could trade Ben Zilberst and it would make sense. Um, 
I don't really see a trade where this is the absolute slam dunk deal the Cubs might want in a guy and moving a guy like Ben Zobris. Um, of course, he's 37 years old. You know, we, we talk about all the all the time. He's gonna be. I think he's going to be 38 this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. so obviously, Ben Zobris find the fountain of youth last year. He's been a consistently good player. Has a good chunk of money still left on the con- on on his contract, but not a ton, but enough to really kind of, if you were really trying to clear a contract, like we talked about before in the show for Bryce Harper, moving Ben Zobris could give you that flexibility. Um, that being said, the flexibility you lose on your roster, um, maybe not as impactful as it once was, but Ben Zobris can still play second base. You can still put him in the outfield and his bat is what makes him clearly still usable at 37, 38 years old. Is there a trade in your head that makes sense where you can move Ben Zobris and the Cubs come out as a better team? Um, yeah, it, it does. I mean, if you're moving him so that you can sign a Harper, I think you become a better team, mm-hmm. but, uh, Judd Hoyer the last few days has really harped at the veteran leadership thing and how they want to add more veteran leadership. I don't think subtracting Zobrist really does that. <laughs> so yeah, I just don't, I don't see any realistic trade that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, them to move him you know he is kind of the veteran leader of the offense uh he had a really good year last year and and basically it was because he was healthy and they utilized him in a way that allowed him to get more rest and time off throughout the year and keep him healthy and fresh so yeah i think that that's a guy you probably want to return unless you're making major changes on the offense um which i don't expect that they will i I think they're looking to add a couple of veterans to what they already have. And if they can, you know, make it work, maybe a Bryce Harper instead. But no, I, I don't think subtracting Zobrist really in any situation makes sense for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't see the other contract, obviously, that the Cubs have talked or people have talked about. The Cubs trying to be like a guy like or Tyler Chatwood, the guys that got a lot of money that aren't living up to their contract. Zobrist would be one of the guys who teams might be more interested in, but even still, I mean, like we said, 38 years old, um, you don't really know what exactly you're going to get out of him. You would think his best value is still with the Cubs out of any mm-hmm. other team. Cause they'll probably find the best way to utilize him. But you know, uh, I don't know. I, I guess if you had to move Ben Zobrist and you had a deal where it, it could be done and it meant Bryce Harper was coming, I can see why they would make that deal. I just don't know. You know what, what? What you're losing could be more impactful than what Bryce Harper brings. Um, I doubt it, but it could be. Ha- I mean, we've seen down years from Bryce Harper before. It wouldn't surprise me one yeah. bit to have Harper come to the Cubs and have somewhat of a down 2018 season or 19 season. So, yeah, I mean, even if he repeats the the year from last year, I think you know he had what 249, but he got on base at uh, almost 400. So that's good. But you know, people would look at his numbers and be like, so. $40 million a year or, you know, $30 million a year, whatever the number ends up being for that. Like, couldn't mm-hmm. have gotten that out of, you know, somebody else. <laughs> or yeah. like, like, is is Harper at uh, $30 million with 3.5 wins above replacement that much different? Like, is it that much better to do that than it is to have Zobrist at $14 million with maybe 2.5 wins above replacement or 2.3. So I mean like you're you're adding a marginal marginal amount of win you know using that stat marginal amount of uh value to your team uh for a lot of money, you know. 
for me, I, I don't mind spending Tom Ricketts' money, but you know, right. for the Cubs, um, it does that make sense? I don't know. And I, I guess that's for them to figure out. I know they probably have that number in their head, like this is the most we would want to pay for Bryce Harper. And if Harper wants to sign for that, then then great. But um, yeah, as far as trading Ben Zobrist, I think he brings too much value um, all around to your team. Yeah, I, I I would think so too. I mean, like it obviously, like <laughs> I mean, if it came down to it, I mean, I, if I like I would lean towards Ben or Bryce Harper in a heartbeat, obviously, just because he is one of the best players in baseball. Um, ben Silver just fits. He's such a niche player. Like he's just one of the, and you're like, yeah, he should be a Cub. You know what I mean? I always thought about that about certain guys like. I don't know, Reed Johnson just seemed like a guy that should have been on the Cubs a long time ago and eventually ended up on the Cubs, things like that. But um, I guess beyond that, really, I mean, we're just kind of waiting and seeing what's going on with the winter meetings. There really hasn't been a ton of news about the Cubs, but I think we can surmise at this point that's probably a good thing. Um, <laughs> so, but without that, I mean, beyond that, Ryan, any other uh, parting notes you want to throw out there about the winter meetings? Get gone. Uh, no, uh, I didn't go, but I wish I had, uh, I, <laughs> I I'm, didn't. Having, I'm, I'm having remorse that I didn't go out to Vegas. I'm actually going out to Vegas later this month. Instead. Right. Right. I remember you telling me that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I wish I had gone out there. It sounds like a blast, but yeah, the Cubs are being super stealthy at the winter meetings. They're, uh, using very interesting choice of words to try and, you know, do a little trickery with the media. Um, there was a report from some people that I know who said that Tom Ricketts was at O'Hare um, taking off for Vegas. And then there lit after that, there was the report that there was a mystery owner meeting with uh, Bryce Harper. And then the next day, uh, Jed Hoyer said, Tom Ricketts is not in Las Vegas. And everyone was like, okay, so it wasn't him, but it's just like, well, Jed Hoyer said he is not in Las Vegas. Not that he was not in Las Vegas. You know, Tom Ricketts is a guy who could fly, to vegas meet with harper and then fly out the next morning i don't i don't think he necessarily wants to stick around and gamble or anything or, or get in the front office's way definitely so right um, not saying he definitely was the mystery owner but the people saying that he definitely wasn't just because jed hoyer said he is not in vegas oh, come on you know how careful the cubs are with their, with their words yeah i that's kind of how i would feel too it <laughs> it's yeah it there, there's nothing more that needs to be said. We've said it a million times. The Cubs are going to always, they love to do this. I've said it a couple times on this podcast now. I think the Epstein would love to pull the rug out from everyone and be like, oh, look who we got, even though we said we weren't. <laughs> you know? Right. So, all right. Well, that about doing it here for Lockdown Cubs, guys. Uh, if you are not following us on Twitter, please do so. It is at Lockdown Cubs. On the Lockdown Cubs Twitter page, you will be able to find our voicemail line leave us a call or text us um, with any of your questions you have we do leave us a call i can play the audio on the podcast so you could be a guest on the podcast um not to brag or anything it's pretty cool um that phone number is 331-472-7096 give us a call or text us with your cubs questions um but without further ado i am sean r sears on twitter you can find ryan at ryan q davis ryan is writing for forbes bet chicago sometimes the athletic i'm at nbc sports chicago and doing some fan side work on the mlb in general but beyond that you guys have a great rest of your day and go cubs <laughs>